The Echo Chamber, brought to you by The Homes Report and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. The Echo Chamber is brought to you by Weber Shandwick. Our team of analysts, creatives, technologists and strategists bring clarity to the complex in a prove-it-works world with global scale and local insight. Weber Shandwick, we solve. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Echo Chamber podcast. We are broadcasting live from Cannes. We're actually not broadcasting live. We're recording this recording. in Cannes. This is Arun Sudharman from The Homes Report. Uh, and I'm really happy to be joined today uh, by two people from Weber Shandwick. We have Chris Perry, who's Chief Digital Officer, and Hugh Bailey, who's the President of X Practice for EMEA and Asia Pacific. Welcome, guys. Hey, good to be here. Arun. Thank you. How are you enjoying... I say the week so far, it's only Tuesday, so I feel like it's maybe not long enough to get a handle on what's going on. So far, so good. I got in about midday yesterday, mm-hmm. um, right into meetings and panels and the beach, and uh, I think it's going to play into the theme, or one of the themes we'll talk about today, which I mean, it's data, data everywhere. Right. Okay. Hugh? Uh, similar arrival time, uh, some really fascinating panels. Maybe actually too many panels because you get a bit split for where to go. So maybe over, slightly overwhelmed by content, so maybe smaller audiences than some of the ones I'm going to. But really high level content and uh, yeah, data is pretty uh, prom- prominent in that. Okay, so you mentioned data everywhere. Uh, perhaps maybe give our listeners an idea, particularly those who aren't here, how are you seeing that tangibly? Yeah, so um, I'll maybe talk about it through a couple different perspectives, just given where we came from last week. Um, so we just uh, essentially relaunched the positioning uh, you know, for the agency around this notion of we solve, um, which really, I think, speaks to the conversation here at Can and Beyond with clients. Um, there, there's some known uh, needs around campaigns and things that really move the needle that increasingly are being informed by data and analytics. There's also a lot of unknowns in terms of risk and reputation and implications around machine learning and AI and, and all that. And we just feel that there's a moment in time where um, you know, we and other agencies in the PR space have to step up and data is gonna be a key, a really key piece to us being able to deliver on that. So whether it's what we're doing inside of Weber Shamrock or what we're seeing on the beach and in the panels, um, the diversity of what we can do is, is growing and uh, we're pretty excited about that. Um, and just staying with you quickly, I mean, in terms of what you see in CAN, in what ways are you seeing data at the forefront of, you know, the way that maybe agencies are coming to, to market here or, or even brands? Yeah, so I just came from uh, an IAB um, session, series of sessions, all on uh, direct brands. Um, what's really interesting is um, it's a combination of, uh, you know, agency people like ourselves, uh, you know, bottom-up, direct-to-consumer brands, and then the, the technology and analytics players that are enabling um, a different model. Um, that really, I think, speaks to the broader issue that I think all incumbent companies are facing. There's competition coming from lots of different places, and the stack, if you will, on how they go to market is very different from, let's say, again, the most iconic brands in the world that have been built through more of an advertising and broadcast model. Um, the foundation of these direct-to-consumer models is data and understanding exactly what the person is doing when they go to Instagram, when they go then to your e-commerce page, when they 
maybe bounce around or take a couple steps and, and take it through. So the idea of digital display without some kind of transaction, transaction with data, uh, you know, supporting that, I, I think companies are going to be challenged, whether they're new co's or, you know, incumbent co's. And that was just stark just because I just came from a couple sessions there where it was just, you know, clear as day. Yeah. I mean, Hugh, do you see it as a fundamental shift in the marketing model? Uh, no, absolutely, yeah. Um, uh, for several reasons. One, it's a lot easier to gather and measure and, and capture. Uh, and so the, 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 the tools uh, and platforms are there to, to give you a lot more data. Um, the pressure is always on to justify the work that you're doing, but also just the potential. People are now discovering the potential more. So I spent a couple of hours this morning going through the, the short lists from the, 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 the data creativity uh, section, and the work has really moved on there. It's much a broader set of work, much less tactical, much more substantial work. Um, so you can just see it coming through in the work, uh, which is always telling that, yeah, it's here. And, and really exciting and I think even but even having said that looking at we're just scratching the surface with the potential uh, there's a lot more that we can do yeah okay. absolutely so there's a lot of we're obviously seeing a lot of talk about data and a lot of action as well to be fair um, but I guess one of the challenges is making that connection between all of the data all of the information um, towards real creative effectiveness um, and do you see that kind of loop actually being closed? Yeah, I mean, as I say, I've seen it in the work this morning, uh, and we might want to talk about some of the stuff we're doing as well. But um, it was just this brilliant uh, Dutch cycle bicycle company that they make bikes, and they um, they took the city of Paris for a week, and they uh, transformed everyone's uh, license plate on the car into a promotional code. And the more um, the more polluting your car was, the bigger the discount they gave on your on their bike. Uh, and uh, and in in one week they sold just under three hundred bicycles on a on a small test in Paris. It's called car to bike. And you imagine sort of governments or cities getting behind that to to, to ease pollution. Uh, you see that that's proper effectiveness on on the biggest problem we have facing us, which is climate change. But it's done. Not just a kind of tactical in the way that Cannes a few years ago was kind of purpose for purpose sake. This was this is a real tangible benefit. Um, uh, there are some other examples like that. So no, absolutely, you can see the effectiveness coming through. Yeah, and Chris, do you see that perhaps if, to look at it from a different perspective, the work you're doing at Weber Shandwick, um, how is that playing out in terms of how you kind of go from the the huge amounts of data you're able to harvest now to the kind of actual work? Yeah. So. Um, Maybe not so much an example at Cannes this year, but um, you know we've showed you in the past some of the work that we've been doing uh, for a long time with Excedrin, right? Yeah. Um, moving from a PR model into more of a branded content model into something that really is more about using technology to really um, bring empathy to, again, the, the marketing campaigns that our teams work on with the clients there. I think when you talk about closing the loop uh, you know, with data, what started as awareness building and in a bit of DTC through couponing has evolved full, you know, full spectrum. Uh, I don't know if you recall seeing the uh, the We Feel Your Pain campaign, where we used social listening to understand headache triggers. Um, we then worked with the client to figure out some custom packaging, whether it's commuting or you know language that the team called adulting. Um, uh, but a few different triggers then were tested 
through both qualitative and quantitative surveys, and then that became custom, et cetera, and on the shelves. Those sold out, right. right? So the idea of understanding, you know, the sentiment of the users, having some fun with it, having it pulled all the way through the communications into the packaging and the product, I mean, that's where we see opportunities. Um, does this change the kind of traditional creative approach? I mean, whether that's at a PR agency or an ad agency, you know, the, the, the traditional um, model creatively has been, you know, to, to maybe rely more on instinct and, and kind of come up with a big idea. Um, do you see that changing at all? Do, do you feel that's a challenge maybe in terms of the kinds of people who work on the creative side of the business? Uh, it, it changes it, but for the better. It's not an either or. It's what you still need the creative thinking and the creative idea. But if you do your your data insight and data mining well up front, you're getting a much tighter brief, a much potentially more unique brief to that brand or business problem or opportunity that gives you a much better launching pad for the creative work. You still need the creative magic and the creative idea. Um, but what the data can do is several things. It can help inform the core idea, it can inform how the idea comes alive at different stages on the customer journey, and the data can prove to a certain extent whether it works or not. And we're now able, in, in PR terms, to, 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 to see how our work can act actively enhance or damage reputation. Uh, and, and so uh, it is different but better, so it's not an either-or for me is what I, I see. And Chris, do you, I mean, any, anything to add on that? I have another question to ask you, but I want to give you the chance to answer that one. Too. Yeah, well, what, what I think uh, is, uh, you know, really interesting and something that we're, you know, super mindful of is we're both getting smart about the market and also, um, you know, providing as much education internally with our employees is, you know, historically, you think about data to support the insights, right, to make the, the strategic plans better that then, you know, once it gets to the creatives, then they come up with some pretty interesting um, interpretations of that. If you think about the flywheel of where data is, is, is going in terms of a communications mix, it makes the strategy potentially better. Um, it changes the dynamics of content and how content is created. It changes how we think about media, media distribution, media engagement, what's, what a stakeholder environment looks like. Um, so, you know, it's really getting into a lot of parts of our business and then maybe Hugh's going to talk about it in a second, but then it gets into you know, the idea of us creating experiences for clients using machine learning, right? So we are not looking at data and analytics only through the lens of are we extracting the data to make, again, our team smarter about the world. We've got to make the work that we're, we're producing smarter because a lot of that is being infused with data and tech and, you know, some, you know, some different things that are pretty interesting. One of them, the HSBC campaign that's here that you know, it takes this idea of, you know, deep fakes and a lot of the dark stuff and was actually flipped in a way that's really yeah. positive and, yeah. you know, is, is, you know, up for some awards here. So I don't know if you want to talk about that. Uh, yeah, two, two short lists. So fingers are firmly crossed. Um, digital fraud is a big issue for, for everybody. Uh, it's an issue for the individual customer, but it's an issue for the bank and the amount of money they have to, to refund. And uh, we took um, uh, a lady called Rachel Riley, who's one of the biggest TV celebs in the UK, uh, who's known for her uh, mathematical prowess on, 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 on primetime TV. And we launched some stuff on a Friday night with her saying uh, she was actually bad at maths and this was all a fake. 
um, and the big reveal because that was that was uh, Cyber Friday, sorry Black Friday, it came through on, on Cyber Monday that um, we had doctored her her images as she was talking, uh, and um, that that just to alert people to be um, mindful about. Uh, digital fraud uh, for HSBC were behind that. It had um, extraordinary amount of, of, of viewing and uh, and engagement, um, and and we've seen some shifts in some of the brand the metrics around that as well. Uh, and that's the kind of thing we would, that data would not have allowed us to do a few a little while ago. But now, in terms of the targeting of that campaign, who we went for, the messaging of it, it was really powerful for us. So again, just just bringing it back to to just you know. It, you know, PR business more broadly, and Gail spoke about it this morning uh, in a panel um, uh, where, where, where Paul and others were at. We need to not only uh, incorporate data into our output, but we also have to understand the implications of data and analytics and artificial intelligence and machine learning as it relates to different consequences of using the data, privacy, um, right you know, misuse uh, at a foundational level. And then, um, you know, as uh, the rep from IBM was talking about, there are huge ethical implications that go with this as well. And our clients have historically relied on us to help them navigate, you know, some of these, you know, emerging issues. So we're really playing both sides, both the impl implications of data and technology and artificial intelligence, but also we're building that into some of the campaigns you'll see coming from us uh, at CAN and some of the things that you've covered in the past. Mm. And it's interesting, you mentioned you know, some of the ethical implications. There's also a geographic aspect to it, right? You have uh, a much tighter privacy environment in the EU, let's say, much more lax in a market like China, for example. I mean, how, can you, how do you kind of balance this when you're working for global brands? Uh, it's, it's similar to when we, frankly, started you know, going beyond the core PR and the social and having guidelines and having standards for what we what we advise and what we don't advise our clients doing is we again start to use again uh, you know first party data as well as you know other data that's coming from other sources. We have an obligation to be pretty um, you know pretty clean with it and um, more aggregate again you know points of view versus you know everything about a rune and then we're going to start to really do some of that you know deep de behavioral you know manipulative stuff that just isn't isn't good for legalities, it's also not necessarily good for trust either. And yeah. we've got to be super mindful of that given our, you know, our role in the world and in the agency scene. So you absolutely have to be uh, true to the business and, and, and act with integrity, but, but also at the same time understand what the potential and the opportunity might be. So I was at a panel this morning about uh, health in China. And you mentioned Chinese are more willing to give their data because they know the government's already got a lot of it. Um, but if you have a, because in China, as I learned this morning for the first time, there are no GPs, there are no doctors, so everybody self-diagnoses. And uh, if, if they don't feel that bad, then they just carry on with it. And so people become chronic more quickly before people find out. And so the opportunity for health companies to come in with a value proposition, which we will help you cure yourself or will help you self-diagnose, the two options, uh, if we understand some of your data, people are willing to give that data for their health. Now that's as long as you manage that data in, in a way that is with integrity, that's, that's of benefit to the population. And if you think the number of people in China who are in, in that kind of situation, that's, that's a pretty helpful thing. Yeah, with integrity. Yeah, right. with integrity, absolutely with integrity, yeah. 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 I mean, you talked about 
the work becoming smarter. So we just stay on this topic just for one more question. Um, does the, can you make the work smarter while you're doing the work? So do campaigns get better? Well, there's, uh, there's the opportunity. And again, this has been the foundation of, again, like going back to the media code days and brand publishing and some of the stuff we're bringing to clients now going on five and six years ago. If you weren't tightening up um, the application of that brand of content, then you were wasting your clients' money because you could see, and you know, you see it every day, I'm sure, with what you produce, the metrics are there to understand what people are engaging with and what, what they aren't and how deep they're going and what video they're clicking on. So that, that's table stakes stuff, whether, again, you're publishing through a site or you're, again, you know, optimizing Facebook ads or, or you, know, pro, you know, programmatic. So the work has to continually get smarter because clients need to see more and more return of what they're, what they're putting in. So there's clearly an accountability element that's definitely part of this we solve kind of you know, mission that we put out uh, to our people. What I think is very underlooked in that process is you can create some shortcuts now to, um, again, take what, what, what historically, you know, groups of people have been doing and use technology to cut video um, more efficiently in the case of, you know, the, you know, the chatbot um, capability that we brought to some clients were, were making um, community management more efficient. So there's an effectiveness side of this, there's an efficiency side of this. And then um, just maybe one more reference in terms of just like, again, you know, AI and content coming together. Um, I went to a panel, uh, or a, actually it was a keynote uh, yesterday for Soul Machines. That's essentially, um, you know, creation of digital twins. And it's not only, again, like, like a CGI representation that you see in video games, they are building, uh, you know, uh, artificial cognition into that person. So they are replicating what would be a customer service experience as their entry into the potential of having automated doctors or what we're seeing in China, automated anchors, right. you know, presenting the news. Like that is a much different way of applying data and analytics and intelligence than, you know, a brief that we're giving to a creative. So this is really going to stretch us and we're... We're trying to stay on top of it. And it is already. So we're, we work with one health client where we've developed that one of their big issues is um, how to keep the patient communications going and keep the, the patient engaged in the communication around the disease, particularly as it's developing. And sure. the old sort of newsletters or emails or even Facebook kind of platforms mm. are not, not as strong as what we've developed with one client is is a chatbot that in the morning you can tell it how you're feeling and it can tell you how to, to take advantage or to how to what what steps to take to make yourself feel better ease the pain whatever uh, but as it's uh, as it's telling you what the latest information or research or whatever it is and advising you how to manage your illness when when you're telling it how you're feeling it's able to aggregate data from lots of people anonymized about how people's conditions are getting better or worse relative to weather conditions or whatever else is going on in the world so or a geospecific geo type stuff so that that's the kind of stuff that we're in because that's still about managing the reputation for the client's brand and business but that's the kind of issues and challenges that we're now solving whereas before we might have been solving around community management on a facebook platform we're now doing it in a very different way and, and it's data that allows us to do that and 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 the the interest in, in AI and, and yeah. ML that's coming from it. And that's a fascinating place to be intellectually, really, yes. really interesting place to be. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that is a long way away from what you'd call, you know, the traditional yeah. bread and butter work yeah. in yeah. this industry. So we solve, um, as you get deeper into machine learning, 
using AI to to um, to understand data. Can you automate solving? Uh, I don't think you can ever, uh, you know, fully automate a solve. I think what you can do is um, clearly automate um, some of the intelligence gathering, um, some of the presentation of at least starter insights. Um, you can uh, automate what, what would historically be more of a um, strategic process. You can build that into the software mm -hmm. to uh, almost like, like, like force the proper steps to do the necessary intelligence gathering and, and, and starter insight development. But as we've been doing more and more of the strategic work for clients, it's always a combination of someone who understands the client's business first and foremost, what the problem is we're trying to solve, um, a strategist who really understands how we could, uh, you know, uh, create something from the insights, um, and typically a business analyst that's working hand in hand with the other two and potentially a fourth with the creative to kind of go back and forth with our data science teams and the tech to continually kind of, you know, uh, you know, kind of tweak again what's coming out to get sharper and sharper on something that would be valuable for a client. So this isn't about creating dashboards. It's not about creating generic environments where you have a general sense of what's going on. When we're solving problems, they're very specific to the client and they're very specific to that client need. And again, it takes a combination of the machine and the, you know, the people behind it to deliver some of the stuff that's winning business right now. Presumably reporting as well is, is yeah. maybe more. Yeah, so it, it goes throughout. So clearly there's a, if we're just going, um, uh, you know, through this, you know, particular case that is referenced more from a strategic process to get to a better campaign, it's throughout. Yeah. It's what's going to, you know, land on a, on something that's compelling and interesting from a campaign. How do we test it? Mm -hmm. How do we put it into market and learn from how the market reacts to it? And then clearly more than ever, our clients are asking, hey, like, what's up? How did it do? Based on their, their, their measures and the measures, I think, as you know, talking to all the people in the industry, it's all over the place in terms of how our clients are, you know, validating the impact of, of work these days. So it's not, it's not just reporting, it's about monitoring the whole way through. So from the start, from your benchmark. So because we're in the reputation business, we can monitor social linguistic conversations just all the time. Uh, in, in social and in, in online media. It, 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 it's a little bit harder in print, but you can get there with specialist titles if you, if you go to the right people. But um, we can be monitoring what's been said about a brand or business constantly. Um, and so we're able to report not just at the end of the month or the end of the campaign, we're, we're, it's in real time. And uh, it, it's, it's, we, we've, we're, we're starting to productize some services around this. We're going from just a, we'll do a bit of monitoring into it to a much more formalised way and the data is packaged in a, in a much better way with insight attached to it and coming out from it. It's, it's, it's really, as I said earlier about the, the, the work here, we're just scratching the surface on a lot of this stuff. It's a really exciting place to be. Um, so the new tagline is we solve. Um, and I'm, Did you get the WS, by the way? Uh, Weber, Sean, oh, about I we didn't solve? actually. Okay. Yeah, wow. Okay. okay, good. I like it. Um, <laughs> That's just transformed it for you. I remember when it was. I remember when it was WSW, Weber Shandwick Worldwide. Worldwide, yeah. yeah there you go. So, um, it's clearly a, a, a more. I would say a more scientific kind of. Uh, let's say I wouldn't say approach, but um, it leans more towards science. It seems that that kind of language, which makes a lot of sense given um, what you two have been talking about today, that 
the, the ability to um, drive insights from, from data and make work smarter. Does, do, do you, does it concern you at all that it moves away a little bit from the kind of creative storytelling traditions of PR industry? Everyone's shaking their heads so very strongly, vigorously. It, and again, I mean, that, that same question comes up as we talk about some of the changes in the industry, changes in client need, and therefore changes that we have to make to how we approach client work. Imagine in a place with as many employees in as many markets, that question comes up all the time. Um, you know, pretty, you know, pretty clear. You know, going back and we were talking about solving problems last year to the to the, you know, push last week. It's human-led, data-driven. It's balanced. It's not. We are never going to be again a software house that is, essentially, uh, you know, running client programs on software day in and day out. We're we're driven by, um, you know, <laughs> people human instincts, sensibilities around both, you know, the client businesses we represent as well as, again, the market dynamics and, if anything, the technology allows us to be smarter. That's it. It's really interesting. Forrester launched some research this morning, had a whole panel around this, that, that clients have over-invested in tech and, right. and, and under-invested in creativity. And because they've over-invested in tech, everyone's got the same website entry point to their brand or business and everyone's got the same app. Um, and, and so the way to differentiate is through creativity. And that's, that's the balance that we, we aim to strike all the time. You can't, be, you can't be all one and not the other. When it comes to actually accessing the data, collecting it, I mean, how does that work now? Because we've seen so many different approaches. Is it something that you do at a holding group level? You've acquired uh, you know, a business like Bomoda, for example. I mean, what, what is the solution here? in terms of actually getting to the data? Yeah, so it, it, it's going to vary by client and by situation. We have, you know, clearly um, some amazing resources with an IPG. Uh, you know, clearly the Axiom deal was, was huge for us. And so we're, we're spending quite a bit of time, you know, with them um, understanding how not only the data capability, but the consultative capability and the trust that they have with clients. Like, how, how does that, you know, how does that work for um, the kind of work that we do? Um, we've clearly made investments within Weber Shandwick, um, you know, with Bomoda and then um, different partnerships that we've built into that model um, that bring some pretty interesting capability to the table that we haven't seen a third party uh, uh, supplier being able to deliver to the PR industry. So if you think about Salesforce and Adobe and, and what, you know, big marketing runs on, there still isn't something that big PR you know, runs on. Right. So that's a huge opportunity and something that we're, uh, you know, we're, we're exploring. Um, and then there, there's, there's, there's point solutions, right? Um, whether it's something that we bring to make a certain part of our program, uh, you know, programming better, either that we procure or to Hugh's point, I mean, our clients have invested a ton of money in various data partnerships in some cases we know very well how to use it. In other cases, we have to help our teams and in some cases help our clients' teams really extract the value from what they've invested in. So every single scenario is a bit different depending on how um, you know, broad and deep we need to go to, again, deliver the work. Does the industry, do you think it needs a sales force for PR? I think the industry is going to need accountability for sure because accountability is built into every other part of a, of a, you know, a global organization. Whether it's you know ERP or you know dealer systems or uh, you know payrolls, like how can communications not have again something that is um, you know enterprise grade to 
again, understand the impacts of, of that you know, reputation work. And the view has always been to try and do that. You have to kind of push together various different always. bits of software. I mean, do you feel like, you, you know, is, is, is a better idea to try and build something bespoke? Uh, so we're exploring that right now. There, there, there's two dynamics. One is the stack. Like what, like, what is the technology that brings that intelligence to the table? What are the data, uh, you know, the data sources that are, uh, you know, um, fit for purpose for a communications agency versus maybe something that's more direct response driven? And then how do we spin up different capabilities off of that, depending on if it's a risk and reputation, uh, you know, foray, if it's influencer driven? I mean, there's all kinds of things, as you know, our clients come to us for. So we feel we've got to build something that's right for Weber Shanwick versus, again, try to piece together, you know, all kinds of different technologies and different capabilities um, on an ongoing basis. Yeah, that would be very interesting, I think. See you um, next week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that soon. More to, more to come. <laughs> that soon. So just to finish up, because we're almost at 30 minutes, uh, there's always been this, I feel, and, and maybe this is a little unfair, but there's always been this kind of, this... Um, feeling I see amongst um, PR agencies, maybe PR creatives, that it's kind of um, functioned on this idea of uh, people know a good idea when they see one. Um, and I'm curious to know what your kind of response is to someone who maybe has that kind of viewpoint, um, given the ability we now have in terms of uh, quantitative ability. Uh, gosh, uh, that's a big question for the last 30 seconds. Um, um, ultimately, uh, a creative idea has to move you, and so emotion is still a huge part of it. So you can't uh, judge it only by maths. Um, I think you can judge the impact to a large extent by maths, and you can make it better through the data. But yeah, instinct is still part of this. As to the thing earlier about we can never fully automate, we solve. There's a human instinct to this, and 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 emotion because ideas move you. I think. Chris. Uh, well, I think if we want to summarize what's happening here at Can and what we're seeing inside of our business based on client need, you have this, uh, I guess, converging two converging forces of essentially PR and DR. You know, the PR side of the house, obviously, again, creativity. Um, you know, uh, you know the right relationship with the public, the right ideas that get people talking. If you look at can winners over the last what, Hugh, five, five or so years or even longer, a lot of these are PR at the core. They are ideas that move culture, get people talking, and again, you know, raise a lot of you know awareness in the market. It's not enough though just to build a lot of buzz. You then have to have that direct response component that is being built in through uh, you know marketing systems data and analytics and frankly again going back to the IAB you know direct brand you know lessons that you know are everywhere these days you have to have a different model so we see the, those two worlds coming together and we feel you know beyond can that it's a huge opportunity for us and why we think we solve is the right right place for us to be gentlemen thank you so much this is really interesting um, I got to say it's actually kind of exciting to hear about some of the work you're doing um, so Enjoy, can, survive, and thrive. Survive and thrive. And yeah. I will hopefully get you back on the podcast sometime soon. Yeah, look, look forward, forward to, to that. Thanks. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Thanks, Ian. You. 
been listening to The Echo Chamber, brought to you by The Homes Report and produced by the international broadcast specialist Marketeers. Sponsored by Weber Shandwick, our team of analysts, strategists, creatives and technologists bring clarity to the complex in a prove-it-works world with global scale and local insight. Weber Shandwick. We solve.